Welcome everybody to episode 128 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletor. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back, guys. We're back together, reunited, and it, and it feels, feels so good. good. We survived Snowmageddon 2019. Yeah, which was like worse than I thought it was going to be, but not as bad as they said it was going to be. Yeah. They made it sound like it was going to be the end of the world. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and granted, I didn't... I mean, it, my- was, it was a Mageddon. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, granted, I didn't leave my house for a couple days, but that's just because I drive a tiny car, so I just wasn't going anywhere. And you're fucking lazy. I am lazy. I I, I basically use that as an excuse. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's like, I work 15 minutes away from my house, and I I couldn't get there. (laughs) Like, it just wasn't happening. Um, Anyway, so how's it going, Taylor? Oh, pretty good. Yeah. What's new with you? Mm, Not a whole lot. Yeah. Got a new uh, Without a Cause show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Anything exciting to look forward to? Uh, the match I'm looking forward to is Hammerstone versus Daniel Maccabe. I think that's going to be real good. Also, uh, Shane Strickland versus Dave Turner. That's going to tear the house down. Yeah, guys. Wrestling! <laughs> Sports! <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um... I would love to do a... Uh, Ready to Rumble episode part two, but I don't know what other wrestling movies there are. I know there's uh, wrestlers versus zombies. <laughs> That's a thing. Oh, you mean doing like wrestling movies? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty limited. Um, I mean, we could just do like one of Piper's movies or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could just if do stretch horror, the definition. Horror movies starring wrestlers. Sure. We could do Doom. I, we could. <laughs> I mean, we could do Doom. <laughs> Um, or or uh, Scorpion King. <laughs> sure. Um, man, The Rock should do more horror movies. Rock should. Well, I was gonna say Rock should do more movies, but I don't know if it's humanly possible. No, he to does do more all movies. the movies. I think he's currently got like three movies in some version of production. He's a machine. He is. Like I don't know how he does it. I mean, either. He's got a wife. He's got two kids. <laughs> And he's like, so he he's constantly working on a movie. Like I swear, he went from right from doing uh, the Jungle Cruise to um, right right to doing Hobbs and Shaw, and then in between he was doing Titan Games. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck do you manage this? He's not he's not human. He's a machine. He's a robot. Robot. <laughs> so the other day I started saying program, okay. just just randomly, and she's got really mad. She's like, you don't say it like that. I was like, I was like, no, I do. It's like I've always said program. You've never noticed. And she was like, no, you don't stop it. It's a lie. I was like, you seriously never noticed that I say program. <laughs> <laughs> My brother-in-law talks like that. Lindsay knows. She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> never mind. Um, but no, my brother-in-law, he's got like uh, English ancestry. Um, so I don't know. He just gets get a, gets a kick out of saying things like that. <laughs> Sometimes it gets a little obnoxious. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but hearing other people say robot just always cracks me up. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Zoidberg's the best though. Yeah. Murray on the Goldbergs is good too though. I don't watch Goldbergs. So. Oh, you should. That's what I hear. I just, you know, don't. Murray, the dad always says robot. <laughs> and the kid's like, it's robot. 
<laughs> He's like, that's what I'm saying. Rope it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, Snowpocalypse stopped us from being in the same room, but it didn't stop us in our hearts. And we made the show anyway. And it actually turned out pretty well. It wasn't bad. Um, but hopefully this is better because, you know, I'm not having to time up our audio. Right. Which wasn't as smooth as I was hoping. That was a little more challenging than I anticipated. Yeah. Which, you know, I used to devote like three nights to editing. <laughs> Granted, that was when our shows were much longer. Um, but over time, I've been able to just kind of cut it down. Because I, I don't dote on our um, uh, movie reviews anymore. Like I used to review those as like as much as I do the uh, the the news. Um, so I've, I've managed to cut it down to where I'm only working on it for like one night. Um, but I waited until Tuesday night to edit the show and then realized... Well, we recorded on Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah. I didn't think it was Sunday. Are you sure it wasn't Sunday? Yeah, because it was the day I left work early. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, still, I should have started Monday night because uh, Tuesday was taxing. I bet. Because <laughs> I was still working from home, so it's like I wasn't. I didn't have all day to edit. So, anyway, uh, so back with one twenty-eight. This is our salute to women in horror. Uh, February is Women in Horror Month, um, and uh, you know, here on the show, we've. Uh, Devoted a lot of time to recognizing um, the fair sex in in the genre. Um, we've had female guests uh, involved in the genre on our show. Um, Jessica Cameron, um, uh, Tristan Risk, uh, Gigi Guerrero. Uh, Lisa Omiers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> um, Casey Hansen. Um, I know I'm forgetting... Who's Casey Hansen? Casey Ruggieri? Well, her too, but no, Casey Hansen, Homicidal Homemaker. Oh, Homicidal Homemaker. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to cut that part out? Uh, yeah. Well, she doesn't <laughs> listen. That's fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was thrown off because I went to high school with a guy named Casey Hansen. Got it. Um, anyway, so, you know, we can, you know, from our kind of male privilege, we can only express so much uh, um, thanks to to women who are involved in the in the genre, um, before it just sounds, I don't know, tacky, patronizing, trite, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like we are full um, supporters of women in horror, and uh, I mean, we've never like actually done like an, an official Women in Horror Month episode, but we've reviewed so many movies that have been directed by women. Mm -hmm. You know, Pet Cemetery. Uh, well, we did a, a Drunk Cinema for American Psycho. Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head, but I know, I know there's more. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, films by the Saska twins and yeah. Um, American Mary. And, um, yeah. Anyway, so today we've got two films, uh, directed by women, uh, and we'll be talking about those later on. Um, but before that, we'll, uh, do our usual bullshit. Yeah. You know, the part where people usually turn it off. We'll fast forward at least. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get any further into the show, let's thank some Patreon patrons. What do you think? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, they pay for it, I they, guess. They deserve it. Uh, <laughs> those people are Kevin Nosgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, 
Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Um, and these folks will support us every month or else. <laughs> um, and um, they help us keep the show going with uh, you know their, their contributions. Uh, Taylor, if anyone else would like to help support the show, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. You can get exclusive content from us for as little as $1 a month. Yeah, hundred dollars. At, at the hundred dollar level, I will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. Sorry, mom. <laughs> oh, hi, mom. <laughs> uh. Anyway, cool. So, oh, she's gonna do it now. Oh no, she would do it. Would too. she do it? She would. She absolutely would. Oh boy. Oh, Don, <laughs> please do it. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Anything else? Uh, nope. All right. Well, Patreon.com slash podcast. Dig it. <laughs> um, all right. Let's do some horror business. <laughs> okay, guys. We've got some horror business to talk about real world horror business yep starting out with some real world horror uh we're gonna take a trip to philadelphia you like philadelphia philly that's where your girlfriend's sort of from sort of does she actually live like close to philly she lives close to uh she lived more towards reading i don't know where that is i don't know sort of she's from philly the way you're from seattle Got it. A suburb. Yeah. Except suburb in Philadelphia is more like uh, like a country town. Right? I don't know if I would even consider where she's from a suburb. Like, is Enumclaw considered a suburb? Um, No. Then no. I wouldn't from. call it one anyway. She she gets mad when I compare her town to Enumclaw, but it's the, it's the same. <laughs> Some backwoods horse fuckery. It's not <laughs> as... The, yeah. There's no, there's no horse fuckery. Yet. Fair. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, uh, in Philadelphia, uh, a real estate investor by the name of Ekram Useller, um, says that they were checking out a a house in Southwest Philly, um, when one of his co- Born and raised. Yep. Uh, one of his coworkers noticed a small line coming across the stairway that was covered in glass shards. Strange. That's you know maybe not something you want to find. No, you want to get a get a broom and sweep that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, but I think more, even more. Uh, uh, burp, burp, burp. That's classy. <laughs> even more concerning, I think, is this line that's just stretched from point A to point B. That's weird. That's a weird thing to find. What kind of line? Like a chalk line. No, like a string. Like a fishing line? Yeah, sure. That's weird. Like a kind of like a tripwire. Hmm. Uh funny enough, that's what it turned out to be. Because when they traced the source of the string, they found that a large knife was suspended from the ceiling uh and w- was rigged to fall down when the line was tripped to stab somebody right in the head when they're coming up the stairs. What the fuck? Isn't that fucking twisted? That's fucking doc. Who would do such a thing and why? 
I don't know. Uh, unless it's some like little bastard little kid or... Uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds like Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, you sailor actually said it's like Home Alone, Philly style. <laughs> so apparently people in Philly get stabbed in the head. <laughs> Philly style. <laughs> well, you know, the world's a crazy place. <laughs> I mean, I've only been to Philadelphia the once. It seemed like a fine town. It was fine. Yeah. I didn't really go exploring. I wanted to go check out like uh, the area where Rocky's apartment was. Mm. Um, but after reading up on it, like it said, hey, you shouldn't go there. <laughs> you shouldn't go to that place. It's like, okay. I, I probably won't go to that place then. So I didn't. That's a great fucking story. <laughs> I would have liked you, though. Um, I would have like you know done some stretches on the staircase and then have the owner come out and I don't know. Stab me in the head, <laughs> since that's what they do in Philly, apparently. With a, with a, a knife taped to a crutch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I left that part out. Yeah, the knife was taped to a crutch. That was, I don't know. Yeah, it was rigged to, like, swing, like a pendulum, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so that's neat. What if you got stabbed in the head that way? That would fucking suck. Yeah, I mean, what if you lived? Or if you lived... Jesus Christ. It's a big-ass knife, too. That is a big knife. I mean, it's not like a fucking chef's knife or anything, but it's, just, it's a big, long knife. Twisted. Anyway, so, you know, be careful in Philly, guys, because you might get stabbed in the head. Yeah, even in a house that nobody lives in anymore, right. apparently. So maybe not the biggest news story of the week, but probably certainly the most exciting to us. Terrifier 2 is uh, written. The script is done. Booyah! And according to writer and director Damien Leone, it is coming, quote, as soon as possible. So excited about this, guys. He uh, actually <clears throat> told us <clears throat> uh, when we had him on the show that uh, he was he was currently working on the script, right? I believe so. Um and uh, to expect it relatively soon. Well, he wasn't lying. There it is. Uh, the, the screenplay is, according to Leone, fucking insane. Oh, uh, yeah. I assume it's fucking. It's a uh, ampersand percentage dollar sign hashtag exclamation point asterisk at symbol. Right. That translates roughly to fucking. Yeah. <laughs> if I have my uh, internet speak right. That's not even internet. That's not speak. even internet. That's Batman. <laughs> uh, actor David H. Thornton, best known as Art the Clown, he posted a tweet saying, just so you all know, I've had a chance to read it, and boy, oh boy, are you all in for a treat and many tricks. And if that wasn't enough indicated for you, Thornton will be returning as Art. Uh, since he, I mean, he is the second person to play Art, so it would have been logical not logical but reasonable to assume that somebody else might play him but david uh, h thornton is going to be back as art i mean he's done a lot of the pr stuff yeah he he's done all the like uh conventions and festivals and whatnot he's traveled with leone mm -hmm. and he's really pushed it 
He's coming to Crypticon in May. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. Noleone, though. I know they were both just... Did you just say this? They just did Mad Monster Party. No, I did not say that. Um, yeah. Uh, or I think maybe they're currently doing it. I don't know. When was it? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Well... I think it's this weekend. Okay. So maybe they're doing it currently then. So if you're in New, New Jersey, Jersey, New Jersey, go to Mad Monster Party and see them. Tell them the Grave Plot Boys sent you so they can be like, what? Who? <laughs> Uh, if you need more info on Terrifier 2, you can head over to facebook.com slash Terrifier 2. That's the number two movie. The tagline so far, I don't know if this is going to be like the official tagline once the movie actually comes out, but it is, he's back for a number two. <laughs> because he pooped on a wall. He did poop on a wall and he wrote his name in poop <laughs> on the said wall. Savage. <laughs> Art likes poop. Fun with feces. Poop is funny. Poop is funny. That's that's the whole story. I don't know what else you want from me. Shut up. Go away. So here's a weird thing. One of Stephen King's family's stories is getting adapted. Oh, is it Owen King? No. Oh, he's nobody remembers him. <laughs> Actually, I mean, he, he and um, I haven't read any of his solo work, but the book that he and uh, Stephen King wrote together was actually pretty good. Well, that's true. That's, that was being adapted, too. That's right. <laughs> he's also, he's a producer on something. Something or other. Something. Wasn't yeah. it... Uh, Something of his dad's. Yeah. It was, I was going to say maybe it was Nosferatu, but it's not. It's, it's yeah, something his dad, someone of his dad's stories. Anyway. Um, Joe Hill is who we're talking about now. Right. Joe Hill, uh, Nosferatu, the fireman. Um, lock and Key. Lock and Key. Yeah. Lock and Key, probably most well-known. Uh, what else? The, there's one. Heart-shaped box. Horns. Horns, yeah. I think those are all of his books that I've named. I got the horns. <laughs> uh, well, Netflix is planning to adapt his short story, Fawn. Faun. 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 Why is it spelled that way? Fawn? Isn't it F-A-W-N? I don't think so. I think it is. Look it up. You have the world of knowledge at your fingertips. Um, Fawn, a young deer. A female deer? <laughs> no, it's a doe. Ray, a lock of golden sun. Faun is a class of lustful rural gods represented as a man with a goat's horns, ears, legs, and tail. Well, there we go. <laughs> okay. Um, so the story uh, is going to be published. Or, sorry. The story will be published in a new uh, collection of short stories. Called At Home in the Dark in the Fall. So the fucking story's not even out yet. And Netflix is like, we'll take whatever you got. Somebody optioned the fire. I mean, we talked about this. Somebody optioned the fireman before it was even out. I think Stephen King's going to be like, yeah, I think I'm going to write a new book. And people are like, I'll buy it. Mine. <laughs> um, uh, Netflix won a three studio bidding battle to get the rights. Somebody was three studios. Were, I mean, I think those are probably indicative of like the final contenders. Who knows how many people like first approached the table? Yeah. But three, I assume major studios. 
said, hey, we want to make that that movie on that book that's not out yet. (laughs) That short story. (laughs) That none of us have read. Um, Anyway, so... Uh, was this the synopsis? This is the, uh, the pitch, actually. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Narnia, Hogwarts, Neverland. All magical places that mortals can travel to. Or, sorry, can... <laughs> now, you were right. No. You oh, wait, it? I did. Okay. <clears throat> All magical places that mortals back can character. travel to. <laughs> and marvel at the strange characters and wonders not seen in our world. What if a door to a magical land was discovered and instead of pure-hearted adventures, a man saw an opportunity to charge a fortune for an exclusive private game reserve where you can bag a magical creature? Multimillionaire Tip Fallows is a recreational hunter looking for a more interesting challenge. Another wealthy hunter, Stockton, has a secret her has secret to has a secret to share and a journey to offer. All they need to do is pay a quarter of a million dollars to go through the little door in an old house in rural Maine. Oh, Maine, you don't say. <laughs> and they can become John Malkovich. <laughs> in a world. In a world where you are John Malkovich. Um, so they say this is a supernatural adventure film that brings a fresh magical take on the most dangerous game. I mean, that's kind of what I was seeing. The most dangerous game. Um, you don't hunt a man, though. <laughs> you don't hunt a man. Uh, Jeremy Slater, um, the writer from uh, the Exorcist, Exorcist TV show, R.I.P., uh, will write the script. Um, has he done anything else? That you know, I thought you might ask. Uh, oh God. <laughs> oh no! The newest Fantastic Four movie, uh, Death Note. Oh, Pet. He did Pet. Pet was real good. Pet was good, but the Lazarus, Lazarus effect was, was not good. was bad. And Death Note was bad. Death Note was very disappointing. And Fantastic Four Fantastic was Four really was bad. Good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, he developed that Umbrella Academy show for Netflix. Have you watched any of that? No. That's not bad. All right. It took me a little while to get into it, like a few episodes, but after that, it was pretty good. I don't like Ellen Page. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about her that I don't like, but her seeing her on screen bugs me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't know what it is about her at all. I just have never liked her. Like all going all the way back to Juno. That's weird. Yeah, I know. I think it's part of it as is that she has a big forehead, and <laughs> something about that irks me. That's very discriminatory of you. I know, but you know, I'm only human. <laughs> I, I don't let it affect my life or hers. That's true. I, I don't write her hate mail. Or <laughs> Fuck your forehead, bitch. I hate your stupid five head. <laughs> Why don't you die? <clears throat> anyway. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to say whether or not I was excited about this, but I haven't read the books. <laughs> yeah. And Jeremy Slater is kind of a, kind of a toss up. Feels like, yeah, he's a little bit of a wild card, I guess. Bitches. <laughs> that took me a sec. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, you know, if, if you're... Uh... So which is coming out first, the book or the movie? Because <laughs> I feel like it's a race at this point. Because <sighs> the book's not coming out until the fall. I mean, it has to be the book, right? Right? <laughs> no, right? No? Um, that I mean, that would only make sense. I mean, one would think. 
I mean, you know, like I said, they op they optioned um, firemen, and uh, nothing's come of that. That's true. That's been several years at this point, if I remember right. Who? What studio was that? I don't remember. Because I feel like Netflix is more likely to just kick something out. That's true. They don't seem to dawdle on a lot of things. Yeah. I think they know that they're slowly losing their ass with uh, films. So they're trying to push their original content like, yeah. as fast as possible. Like, you know, like they have this huge contract with Marvel that's just like ending. <laughs> yeah. It was canceling everything. Yeah. It really sucks because it's like a lot of those Marvel shows I really liked. Like Luke Cage and The Punisher and Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Daredevil was really good. Yeah. They canceled seriously all of them. Like mm-hmm. like dominoes. They just fell. Um, and it's not like Marvel, because Marvel's starting their own streaming service. Um, it's not like Marvel can just go and make, you know, pick it up where Netflix left off because there's like a three-year um, moratorium on it. Oh, is there really? Yeah. They can't make anything for those shows for at least three years. Damn. So, you know, and by that time... You know, fucking Barenthal, he's getting more and more popular. He's not coming back to do Punisher. Well, he might. He seems to really like the role. So anyway, I'm getting off topic. So uh, Joe Hill, guys, if you're a Joe Hill fanboy, then you are maybe in for a treat. Netflix also picked up Lock and Key, too. So. It's true. That was years ago, too. It wasn't years ago. Hulu picked it up first. Then Hulu dropped it. Netflix just recently picked it up. That's right. I meant to start reading those. Like, I, I have a couple issues um, or, like, uh, compendiums. And I only I started reading, like, half of the first one. I, I need to get caught up. Anyway. Netflix getting into the Joe Hill business. All right. So, we've talked before about how they are making a film based on the television franchise, Are You Afraid of the Dark? We have talked about that. I want to be excited, but it's a Nickelodeon film, so I know it's going to be geared towards children. Yeah. But the show was fairly dark. I mean, mean, it was still obviously kid-oriented, made for children, but it it pushed the limits of what Nickelodeon was at the time. Right. I mean, as far as... uh you know, things that weren't just, you know, kitty, you know, kitty shows. It was probably the farthest, farthest removed from their typical programming. Yeah. Of course they did have things like Ren and Stimpy, which was just not appropriate for children. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, that very TV program <laughs> is coming back to the airwaves. Uh, this October, there's going to be a brand new miniseries following new members of the Midnight Society as they gather around a campfire in the woods to share scary stories. I feel like that wouldn't happen in this day and age. I think parents would just let their kids out in the middle of the night and, you know, let them have campfire time. Yeah. And they'd all probably smoke doobies and fuck each other. <laughs> just finger each other's buttholes, <laughs> butthole pleasures. Alligator fuckhouse. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> the miniseries is basically being used as a PR campaign for the movie. 
Oh, you don't say. Sorry, I mean coincide with the upcoming theatrical movie. Mm. Uh, for those of you who missed it somehow, the movie is written by Gary Dauberman. Dauber. Dauberman. <laughs> uh, who also wrote Pet Cemetery, right? Or was that Jeff <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, no. Doberman wrote It. That's right. Yeah. He wrote something else recently. I can't uh, remember talking about it, but I I don't know. It was being directed by DJ Caruso, who I thought when I first heard the name, I was like, oh, the guy from uh, from Dust Till Dawn, the guy who (laughs) played Seth Gecko. But no, that's something else Caruso, I think. I don't remember. Is that show even on anymore? No. Did it just get canceled or did they end it? I don't know. El Ray's fucking up. <laughs> I I have it. I'm pretty DJ sure. Catrona. That's what it was. Uh, I have El Ray, but I can't even remember the last time I watched it. They're not making new episodes of Lucha Underground, but they're also not letting people out of their contract. <laughs> so now they're getting sued. Fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doberman said to The Hollywood Reporter that the show is about the shared experience of telling stories, especially scary ones. We're going to celebrate that with this movie and honor the darker, scarier tone of the show. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, which was really groundbreaking for Nickelodeon at the time. Doberman just listening to what we were saying. Hey, it's like it's like uh, he heard us in the past. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said, I hope the Midnight Society approves. From what we've heard, it's going to be just like a new... It's basically just going to be like a, a movie that's kind of with a wraparound of the Midnight Society. And then they're just going to throw the tag or the title on it. It's kind of what it seemed like, yeah. Netflix is really getting into that uh, uh, nostalgia game, though. This isn't Netflix, though. Sorry, I meant Nickelodeon. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, they're also bringing back um, all that. Right, yeah. Keenan Thompson is uh, spearheading that. Uh, I mean, who knows if it's getting any traction, but I know the plan is to, uh, well, no, I don't know the plan. That was something I came up with. <laughs> we were talking about it. I said, it'd be cool if they had like, no, no, no. Sorry. They did say they're going to have a new cast, but like the veterans are going to kind of pop in and out. Cameos. Yeah. Um, they're also rebooting. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? That show that was hosted by Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. Why? But they're going to call it the substitute now. And it's hosted by John Cena. <laughs> oh, man. It should just be, are you smarter than John Cena? Oh, man. You know what? They should reboot the Substitute film series with John Cena. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Is John Cena still supposed to play Duke Nukem? I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what show I want Nickelodeon to bring back? Fucking Roundhouse. Roundhouse? Yeah, it was like this show where they had like... It, it was like a, it was a skit show. Um, and they, they like did the entire show in like this warehouse with a you know, live audience. But basically they'd wheel in the sets. Like they'd wheel in the sets on casters. Just wheel them in and out. Like a play? Kind of, yeah. And they'd just act out these scenes and, you know... Like right there, like as the show was running, they'd wheel them in and out on on stage or on stage. Like I said, it's like it's a giant fucking open warehouse. Um, and uh, I always remember it being really funny. I do not recall this show. Oh man, uh, yeah, and it's like, like I can't find like mention of it, like anything official. Like I mean, there's like a Wikipedia page about it. And, Is like, this like Sinbad playing a genie? 
What? Like the Mandela effect thing. Do you know what the Mandela effect is? I've heard the term. I guess I it's basically know. a thing where a lot of people believe something that absolutely never happened. Like apparently, uh, a lot of people are convinced that Sinbad played a genie in a movie called Shazam. What? <laughs> That's not a thing. That was Shaq in Kazam. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. Yeah, I don't know. But no, I mean, no, Roundhouse is a real thing, but... Are you sure? It's like you can't... Well, I mean, it, it, honestly, it's been a couple of years. The, I'm sure the internet has advanced since then, so you're probably fine, like, episodes of it now. But last time I looked, you couldn't. Yeah. Is that Reggie Miller? Would Would Reggie Miller have been on it? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I honestly, I don't even remember who was on it. Uh, Brian Anthony, Jennifer C. He, she's popular enough to have her own Wikipedia page. Well, good for her. <laughs> well, she was on Broadway. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. Anyway, yeah, it was it was it was funny. At least I remember it being funny. It was funny. I was I was listening to a different podcast the other day, and uh, they st- they were actually talking about this. And I remember they did a contest at one point because there's this character. He was like this crotchety old dad who just like never left his chair. And so it was like a recliner, but it was on one wheels, like a wheelchair. And he controlled it with a joystick. <laughs> uh, and there was this contest when the show was still on where they were, uh, I don't know if it was the chair or a replica. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> They're giving away a replica of that chair. <laughs> it's got a barbecue on it. Yeah, it was awesome. Anyway, yeah, do not remember this. Yeah, it's like you know, whereas all that was kind of like like SNL, Roundhouse was more like in living color. It just had more kind of like an urban feel to it. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, well, they're not bringing back Roundhouse. They are bringing back Are You Afraid of the Dark this October. So keep an eye on Nickelodeon. They should start doing Snick again. Yeah, and then like Snicker Treat. Yeah, that was my favorite part of Halloween. Snicker Treat was awesome. Like I'd always like intentionally come home early from trick or treating, so I could watch Snick, <laughs> or sorry, uh, trick, uh, Snick or treat. Did you ever try to call in when something? I don't think so. I did. It never worked. Of course not. Phone was always busy. <laughs> anyway, cool. Something else. Something else. So anybody that's been paying attention knows that the alien universe is fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's like, everybody's like, there's no up or down. Cats are fucking dogs and vice versa. And Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Yeah, it's just, it's everywhere. I mean, we had Neil Blomkamp wanting to direct Alien 5. Then we had Ridley Scott fucking up his own legacy. Like, more than once. Uh, and then he wants to make an alien movie that has nothing to do with aliens or nothing to do with, like, xenomorphs. I don't know what's happening. And then Disney is buying Fox. Yeah. So, um, according to Dread Central's trusted associate, UK film critic and academic Mr. H. Mr. H. Uh, there was, at one time, a live-action TV series based on Alien <clears throat> in the works at 20th Century Fox. 
Now, naturally, there is no plans for that now. So that's fun. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I keep doing that. My <laughs> wife's like, why are you making Blue's Clue sounds? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So this is uh, at least in part due to the merger with Disney. You don't say. Merger. It's, it's, a, it's a buyout. Let's be real. Um and uh merger 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 <laughs> i mean i hate that so many things are up in the air with that because you know fox was basically not doing well yeah um and they hadn't been for a while uh and a lot of that had to do with their failed superhero movies um except for deadpool that i think that bolstered their confidence a little bit <laughs> um anyway I love how many people are like, Disney's buying Fox. No R-rated movies ever again. It's like, have you heard of Touchstone Films, which did rated R movies regularly and is owned by Disney? Yeah. Or The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, an actual R-rated Disney movie. <laughs> um, it's like uh, all the uh, superhero movies in the last like 10 years. They're not rated R, but they say like, they say shit. There's violence. It's it's not like kitty movies. You know? Yeah, Disney's not just going to cancel the idea of R-rated movies. It's, That's not going that to happen. That would be madness. They're not going to fly under the Disney banner, probably. But Yeah, and 20th Century Fox, I'm pretty sure, predates Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but I think it does. Um, anyway, but Disney is the reason that the project was shelved. Um. Uh, the planned act, the planned live action series has morphed into something else, and you mean xenomorphed? Uh, <laughs> I see what you did. Um, and you know whatever that might be, apparently we're gonna see it soon. Uh, it's said that the project is gonna tie in with Amanda Ripley, who is um, Ellen Ripley's daughter. Uh, campaign is promoted on several official Alien social media sites. Um. Ridley Scott is not producing the TV series, or not producing an alien TV series at Hulu, as many have theorized. Um, not theorized, it was a rumor. It has been rumorized. Rumorized. <laughs> um, <clears throat> until the tw- uh, Disney Fox acquisition is complete, all alien projects are to be considered on hold, um, which is apparently termed as perpetual development. Or probably development hell, I yep. think would be an alternate term. Um, some sources are telling the Observer that an R-rated animated series based on the video game Alien Isolation is being developed for a seven-episode run. Um, and that could arrive uh, to our eyeballs as early as April. Call me skeptical. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, we're also told that the digital series may make its uh, home on the Alien website Though that is unknown at the moment, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too sure any of that is going to happen. That would be so weird to me. To just be like, "Yep, we're going to make a seven episode television show. Uh, it's going to be animated. It's going to be R rated, and it's only available on our website." Right, and it also seems weird that the whole Disney Fox thing is like, "All right, we're not doing anything Alien uh, until this is done, except for this." animated series yeah it's like i don't think it works that way not usually unless somehow the alien website is immune 
Tonight. <laughs> it's like there's Switzerland or something. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a mess. And then, like, I, frankly, at this point, I wouldn't be disappointed if they never made anything else. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, I was never a huge Alien fan to begin with. I really liked Aliens. Um, I think Jim Cameron took a, a decent movie and made it great. Um, but, I mean, Alien 3 was awful. Alien uh, Resurrection, was that the fourth movie? I think so. That was okay. A lot of people say it's awful, but I thought it was okay. Um, but pretty much everything since then has not been good. Not not very. Anyway, so that's that, guys. Um, there may be new Alien content coming out in April, or there may not ever. Yeah. Either way, you know. Fuck it. Yeah. Who really cares <laughs> at this point? <laughs> All right, so here's one straight out of fucking left field, right? <laughs> uh, back in the nineteen late 1960s through 1970, there was a show called The Banana Splits. Now, this was a children's program program <laughs> uh, with you know Chuck E. Cheese esque furries, yeah, <laughs> singing and dancing furries. So you're probably asking, why the hell are they talking about this? I know these guys talk about lots of things that are in no way affiliated with what they started talking about in the first place, but what does this have to do with anything? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment and Sci-Fi are teaming up to bring the banana splits back to TV as a horror movie. Because <laughs> why not? Why not? I mean, if you've seen the banana splits, you know that those guys are already like nightmare fuel um so it kind of makes sense i guess sure i mean it's kind of a five nights at freddy's sure thing uh the the movie which apparently it sounds like is going to just be called the banana splits will offer a new take on the classic characters which were first introduced in 1968 in the upcoming horror thriller a boy named harley and his family brother austin mother beth and father mitch attend a taping of the Banana Splits TV show, which is supposed to be a fun-filled birthday for young Harley and business as usual for Rebecca, the producer of the series. But things take an unexpected turn, and the body count quickly rises. Can Harley, his mom, and their new pals safely escape? Probably. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I don't... I don't understand why... <laughs> yeah that's the thing is why <laughs> i mean whatever like why not just get the rights to the char the uh charlie cheese chucky e. cheese <laughs> characters <laughs> that guy with the giant mustache the pizza guy yeah he was fucking terrifying he was because his eyes were like soulless <laughs> and just stared at you and then he had like the big grimace ripoff yep <laughs> <laughs> uh so get ready to recognize all these names <laughs> the banana split stars Danny Kind as Beth. You probably know her from Winona Earp, or you might not. I don't even know what that is. It's a horror. It's a show. I'm pretty sure on Sci-Fi 
where it's a descendant, like a great, great granddaughter of uh, Wyatt Earp. Um, and she like hunts vampires. Oh, all right. Because that's, I mean, because why not? Uh, Finley Wojtak Hisong. All right. I'm Finley and I love to fight. <laughs> uh, from the Kindness of Strangers is playing Harley. Romeo Carrer with no previous credits as Austin. Steve Lund from Street Legal and Shit's Creek as Mitch. And Sarah Canning from The Vampire Diaries. Oh, boy. A series of unfortunate events and war for the planet of the apes as Rebecca. Ooh, Rebecca. Now, I know what you're thinking, Tony. Are Bingo, Flegel, Snorky, and Drooper going to be in this thing? That is the question on everyone's lips, I think. Let me put your thought, your your hopes to bed here. No, not that sounds like I'm shooting them down. Let me put your worries to bed. There you go. Bingo, Flegel, Snorky, and Drooper will all appear in the new Banana Splits. Yes. Thank God. Because otherwise, what's the point? I wouldn't even. I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I mean, it has to be because otherwise it wouldn't be the Banana Splits. It would just be some random fuck-offs. Yeah, you would just wa- have wasted your money on yeah. licensing rates. It's like, hey, these are the Banana Splits. And everyone's just like, no, it isn't. No, it's not. Those aren't Banana Splits at all. Where's Flegel? <laughs> we want Flegel. We want Flegel. <laughs> uh, the film's being written by, wait for this. Jed Elinoff and Scott Thomas of Raven's Home. I don't know what that is. Uh, and my super psycho sweet 16, which I will admit was better than it deserved to be. Really? Yeah. I never watched I it. I never watched the second one. But I do watch the there first. are two of them? Yeah. <laughs> I watched the first one and I was like, this is actually not bad for an MTV made for TV horror movie. Yeah. I wasn't. I just didn't have an interest in it. I uh, kind of steer away from most things MTV nowadays. That's fair. It's going to be directed by Danishka Esterhazy. Oh, her. From level 16. At least I assume it's a her. I don't really know. Uh, Danish. Danish. That, that looks like a female name. It does. Danishka. Danishka Esterhazy. Mm, Danish. <laughs> yeah, she directed something called level 16. Neat. She's from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> well, fuck the doodle do. All right. Well, oh, and that's coming sometime this year. It says in 2019, which is a nine-month span at this point. Well, that's fun. Very exciting. Yep. Sort of. I mean, whatever. I didn't really watch. Well, that's not true. I did watch Banana Splits, but it's like it was only because it was on in the morning, like while I was getting ready for school. Really? Yeah. Like I used to get up for for school at like five. Because I liked, and the watch. show from the '60s was on. Yeah, huh. I mean, it was weekdays. It wasn't like it was Saturday morning. Oh yeah, but yeah, I always used to watch that, and then like, then like the Mega Man cartoon would be on, and that's more of what I was interested in. Um, yeah, Banana Splits is like one of those shows where I watched it, but I didn't really want to. It's just because like nothing else was on. Mm. That's my story. That's great. <laughs> Anyway, so that's going to do it for Horbus Disguise. Did you have a good time? Are you asking me or them? I don't know. Whoever's going to answer. Oh, they're not going to answer. So, yeah, I had a great time. Yay. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, from here, we're going to go ahead and move on to our film reviews.
All right, guys. So like we said at the top of the show, uh, this is our salute to women in horror. Um, and we've got two female led and directed, um, directed and led, whatever, uh, films to talk about today. Taylor, which one would you like to start with? Let's start with Buffet the Vampire Layer. I just met this girl named Buffy. I'm Pike. Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. I liked her, even though she seemed kind of flaky. But as it turns out... You have been chosen, Buffy. To do what? To stop the vampires. Does Elvis talk to you? And things started getting weird around here. Are we having a nightmare? You threw a knife at my head. And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on. Kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. Hi. How's it going? You're obviously having a bad hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life. Stab him in the heart! Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Ah! Ah! Paul Rubens. Ah! With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy, you're not like other girls. Ah! Yes, I am. Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. You didn't even break a nail. Directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. All right, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, uh, no. That's not what I said. <laughs> Sorry, Buffet the Vampire Lair. <laughs> um, you guys may, some of you younger people out there may know that as the television show uh, with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, uh, but older folks out there will know that the, know of the 1992 comedy horror film, if you, I mean, it's, <laughs> Calling this a horror... Horror-themed comedy film, Yeah, I would say. It's a very small, tight string between this film and horror. Um, I'd say for the other one, too, but that's more horror than this one. Yeah. But the 1992 movie um, that the series was based on, um, this was directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. and it was written by Joss Whedon. If you know that name, it's probably because he's the one that created the TV series. He also directed the Avengers movie um, and uh, has been pretty heavily involved in the Marvel uni- or Marvel film universe. Uh, actually, I guess he hasn't really been late- lately, but... She produced Orgasmo. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Kazooie was also... Um, I assume it's Kazooie. I don't know for sure. She's Fran Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> um, she uh, she was also EP on um, both the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series and Angel. Um, so she's been involved in the entire you know Buffy world since its inception. Um, but uh, you know, Joss Whedon said that. The TV series is more what he intended the movie to be before the... I think, if I remember right, it's because the studio got too involved. Uh, weird, right? 
Yeah. That never happens. That never happens. <clears throat> anyway, so the story of Buffy. Um, she's a teenage girl in L.A. Uh, just doing her vapid, airheaded... Valley girl. Valley girl. Well, she's not from the valley, but... No, but she acts like a valley girl. Yeah. Um, I mean, she she's a spoiled L.A. princess. And it's funny that this movie rings so true of, like, girls in L.A. in the 90s. Like, granted, I was a child during this time, but it didn't matter. The, the girls my age were this way, too. They were already like this? Yeah. Ugh. Um, and I lived in the valley, so it really translated. It radiated all the way out from L.A. to the valley. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, Buffy, she's just a normal cheerleader. Um, just kind of a kind of a mean girl type, and you know she's got her mean girlfriends. And Buffy is played by Christy Swanson, who's so tasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she fine. She's, she she could get it. She's also apparently a crazy right wing, which is so sad. gun nut. Like you hate to see that. Yep. Um, she said she's been one all of her life, which just disappoints me even more. It's like how would how could somebody at you know her age when she made this movie think like that that's probably the way she was raised i have to assume i guess anyway so buffy summers um she like i said she's just a, a cheerleader um just a normal kind of popular mean girl type uh, high schooler um and uh she's been having these weird dreams um and she's imagining herself as this woman in Europe somewhere, somewhere in the Dark Ages, um, and uh, she's a vampire slayer. Um, she will, you know, she hunts hunts vampires, and vampires uh, in turn hunt her, and she just keeps having these dreams. And you find out later in the movie she's actually dreaming um, that she's these different people, but they all have this common string where they're all vampire hunters or vampire slayers. Um, you find out that through her, uh, watcher, who is kind of like her, um, her teacher, her protector, um, his, uh, man by the name of Merrick, who's played by Donald Sutherland. <laughs> just like, what is Donald Sutherland doing in this movie? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I mean, it's just this so fucking cornball. And like Donald Sutherland is a, a respected actor. I think he's there to anchor it. I, I mean, I guess that that seems like the most legit reason for him to be there. It also made me really want a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Lost Boys crossover. That would have been dope. Sutherland's combine. <laughs> combine their power. You find out that uh, David is actually Merrick's son in real life. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so... Yeah, so Merrick approaches her, reveals to her one day... Man, like, if this was made today, Merrick would probably be in jail. Oh, yeah, he definitely would. Because <laughs> like, he's just creeping on her in the gym, and just comes up, and he's like, I've been watching you, Buffy. <laughs> I know, and it's it's been... Christ, it's been almost 20 years since I've been in high school. <laughs> My God. Um, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, even when, you know, when I was in school, and I have to imagine it's gotten worse, you know, more strict today, but you couldn't just walk off and on campus. <laughs> no. Especially on. Yeah. Uh, 
different time. And this is pre-Columbine, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he, he, he approaches her in the mall. He approaches her at school. And that's when he kind of finally <laughs> exposes himself. <laughs> he, he reveals himself as, you know, as a, a teacher of sorts and that she is the chosen one. She comes from a long line. Well, not necessarily her bloodline, but she is chosen. You know, every generation, a new slayer is cho- chosen. It's kind of the same premise as the TV series. Every generation, new slayer is chosen. They are marked by a birthmark on their chest. Big hairy mole. <laughs> Which Buffy had removed, much to Merrick's, like, dismay and shock. Yeah. Um, And, uh, I don't know, he, he is making, like, the tough sell that... You know you're a vampire slayer, um, and you you come from you're the, you're the next in line to be the the new slayer. Um, it somehow convinces her to go to so. That's like it, you know. It, as in most movies, it doesn't take as much convincing as it should, <laughs> right? Because he knows about her dreams, which is weird, given sure. But if some guy said, "Hey, I know what your dreams are. They're this and this and this," and he's right. Maybe, but it's like okay because I'm right. I know what you what you dreamt about. You got to come to me, come with me to a graveyard tonight. And we're like, no, right? <laughs> right? No, no. I'd be like, man, something's going in my butt. <laughs> I'm gonna get a shampoo bottle shoved in my ass. <laughs> come to the graveyard. I'll show you some shit. One of those bushes make out. No one gets these references. Nope. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so she he manages to convince her to go to the graveyard with him um, where she's sitting, just waiting for something to happen. She's not entirely sure what. But up from the earth comes a bubbling crude. <laughs> that is to say a vampire. Um, freshly minted. Uh and immediately goes for her, uh, and actually Merrick tries to stake the vampire, and well, he tries to stake a different vampire, and then the one comes out of the ground and grabs her. That's right. There's two two vampires. <clears throat> uh, uh, uh. Um. So I mean, Buffy is very quickly kind of jumped into this world of vampire slaying, uh, and you know Merrick kind of spends a lot of the movie telling her that you know you are the the chosen one. You've missed a lifetime of training, but she has this inherent skill that's just kind of encoded into her DNA. Um, I mean, she has the ability to, she, you know, she has, knows how to throw a perfect punch. Um, she's, uh, you know, very uh, gym, she's a uh, gymnastically gifted. inclined. <laughs> um, gymnastically? I don't know. I couldn't think of the right <laughs> word. I'm sure there's a, She's nimble. Yeah, sure. Um, she she tumbles. Yeah, and even though she sees the vampires, uh, she kills one herself. And then he, he brings her home, and she's just, like, stunned, like, just speechless. She has no idea what she just saw. She's just bewildered. And he says, you know, she, here he says, you know, it's important that they don't know who you are. You know, protect your identity. Um and, you know, we'll work on this as we go. And she's like, okay, 
they, they can't come into my house unless I invite them, right? And he confirms that. So she's kind of like slowly accepting this new reality for her. Right. But then like the next day, he was, she was supposed to meet Merrick for trading and he comes to meet her in the locker room. Also, statch much? <laughs> yeah. um, this is a naked place. Yeah. It's like, you're right, it is. <laughs> you shouldn't be here. Um, and he says, you're supposed to meet me for training. And she's like, I told you I have a life. I have no interest in being a slayer. And he's like, but you are. Or she says, I, I think you've got the wrong girl. Like, I'm not the one you're looking for. And he says, well, there's one thing I can do to prove it to you. He pulls out this fucking knife and throws it at her head. <laughs> and she catches it. Like, like it's no thing. Like she catches it an inch in front of her head. Um, and you know, naturally she's not thrilled about that. No. So she punches him in the face and he slides like six feet backwards. Yeah. And, uh, apparently she's like, Oh my God, I've never punched anyone before. He's like, really? Well, you did it perfectly. You did it perfectly. <laughs> and, uh, that seems to be what kind of prompts her to start training why that did it and not the vampires i don't know but <laughs> so she starts you know you have this training montage like you do and any you know fight oriented film yeah um you gotta be tough and a better good to tough and to to make it <laughs> yep. except you have this uh um oh fuck the romantics guys that uh, the band that did um uh I touch myself. Uh, I don't know. I think I want to say it's romantics, but I'm, I'm probably wrong. Anyway, but they probably usually are play this. I always thought it was a cool version of "Ain't Gonna Eat Out My Heart" by the Rascals. Did a cover it's of that by the Divinals. Divinals. I was way off. Wow. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, I always liked that song. So, yeah, in. You know, at the end of this montage, Merrick's trying to explain to her that there is a head vampire out there by the name of Merrick. No. Play. What? No. What do you mean no? Merrick is the watcher. Sorry. Um, Lothos. Lothos. Um, yeah. Uh, played by Rutger Hauer. Yep. Because with, with a... Played by Rutger Hauer and Rutger Hauer's mustache. His creepy flesh-colored mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it just like, hey, blonde guys, don't grow mustaches. <laughs> If you want to grow a beard, that's one thing, but don't grow a mustache. If you but you look if you, like a creep. But if you want to grow a beard, it's got to be like Tony's beard. It's got to be a full Viking beard. Yeah, so people notice it. Yeah. If you grow a beard like Taylor's, nobody. It's just gonna look like your face is fucked up. Yeah, it's gonna look like there's a glitch on your face <laughs> in in real life. Yes, exactly. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, she's says you know this is the man you've been dreaming about is lothos and he's he's a he's killed many slayers in his past and you you won't be any different so it's important that you get the best of him and train and become the most you know become the most skilled slayer basically in history and you know all this is happening while buffy's trying to maintain some normalcy of being a a teenager and you know like i said she's like a popular girl all of her friends are really snooty and bitchy, and her best friend uh, Hillary Swank is a total bitch and a horse. <laughs> yeah, but also, is she hot? No. <laughs> um. Also, 
let's so there there are a lot of people in this movie. A lot of people that like this is like their first first or second role. Mm-hmm. Uh Ben Affleck make like he's in the movie for like 5 seconds. It was so funny cuz Cheese was like that guy looks like Ben Affleck. Like <laughs> that is Ben Affleck. Yeah. Also um fucking Tom Jane is in it. Like he um is it him cuz I saw him in the credits and it says Tom Jane's. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah, that's him. That's this is his second role. Hmm. Um, and I think his first Who was role, he? He was um uh Pike's boss at the garage. Oh. I don't know, like the beard and him being so skinny, it was hard to tell. Yeah. And that 90s hair was kind of like big and pushed back. Yeah. Um Yeah, we, we talked about Pike. Oh, right. Yeah, so Pike. <laughs> Pike and Benny. So Luke Perry and David Arquette. Former WCW champion David Arquette. Um, They are just a couple of like scrubs, like homeless loners. Are they homeless? Well, they seem homeless. Pike Pike has that weird apartment. Yeah, he lives above the garage he works at. Yeah. Um, Who knows what Benny's up to. But uh, they're total just scumbags. Yeah. Uh, Just dirty guys. I mean, broken. Uh, Sneaking into movies. and Yeah. And so they start interacting with Buffy and her friends. And, uh, you know, naturally it doesn't go well. <laughs> um, and for for the majority of the movie, I'd say, they're kind of like two separate storylines before they finally kind of uh, cross over. Cross over. Um, I mean, Benny gets, he gets bit by Pee Wee. Right. Oh, yeah. God, Pee Wee. <laughs> Fucking Paul Rubens is a vampire in this. <laughs> Why not? I remember when this first came out and I was watching it. My dad's like, that's Pee Wee Herman. I'm like, no, it isn't. That's not Pee Wee. My ass, that's Pee Wee. <laughs> Pull your head out of your ass, dad. <laughs> Pee Wee doesn't have a goatee. Wears a bow tie. <laughs> He's got blonde, long hair. Idiot. <laughs> um, flashing forward, his death scene is so fucking funny. It is so good. <laughs> I remember when it, and then the after credits when it's like the extended version. <laughs> yeah. I I think I had to be an adult to appreciate that because I thought it was really stupid when I was a kid. Yeah, but now like yeah, watching it as an adult, it's just, that's fucking funny. <laughs> and everybody just—it's funny because everyone else is waiting for him to die. <laughs> it's like they're just sitting there watching. Him. <laughs> He's like ooh ah ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's like the Peter Griffin. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Ah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, what is it, even his name? Who? Uh, a- Amelin. Oh, Rubens. Yeah. Um, Honestly, this is the first time I'm even knowing his name. Yeah, I don't remember that even hearing it. So yeah, Pee Wee. Also, Pike's first name is Oliver. Apparently, they never say that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So. Um, yeah, Pike and Benny are just trying to stumble away from wherever they're coming from. And, uh, they've kind of been, or Pike falls down drunk and up behind Benny comes Pee Wee and takes him away. And it's almost like Merrick was waiting for Benny to be taken so he can go save Pike. (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to wait till the vampire goes away. That's absolutely what happened. <laughs> Some chicken shit. <laughs> it's like 
he says that he's not supposed to be involved in vampire slaying. He's just supposed to be a watcher and a trainer, mm-hmm. or you know, and a, and a, you know, a teacher. He's not supposed to be involved in the slaying itself. But it's like several times he he tries to slay, intervene, him. yeah. Um, which is so much different than uh, the TV series. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, did you ever? Watch I, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I mean, the the series itself was much more straight-laced than this movie. I knew that much. Um, Buffy, so the, the I'll step away from the movie for a sec. The series picks up, I don't know, like sometime after the events of the movie. And like the connection is tenuous. So it's like... Also, oh, the movie's still canon for the TV show. Yes. Okay. Um, but it's not really discussed. Okay. Uh, there is some backstory to where she, the, the series starts her first day at Sunnydale, um, which I want to say it's somewhere in the orange, or, somewhere in the OC. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't call it that. Um, but it could also be like maybe somewhere in the central coast. I, I can't remember. It's been a while. Um, and uh, you find out she was actually expelled from her school for burning down the gym. So whether or not it's the result of this dance and like kind of like retconned it a little bit to where this, she burned down the gym to kill the vampires. Yeah. Or if it like happened at a later date. But she's been expelled from the school in this movie and she goes and starts at Sunnydale. Okay. Um, but she meets... She, she's trying to put that life behind her. She doesn't want to be a slayer anymore. But come to find out, hey, she has a brand new watcher who's a librarian at her high school. And she was not expecting that. She goes into the library looking for a school book, and he's like, "Oh yes, I've got just what you're looking for." And puts down like this big like, like, uh, um, what's the word for like an ancient book? There's like a, yeah, it's just like this big, huge, old leather bound book that says "Vampire" on the front, front, but like vamp, v a m p y r y r, yeah. Puts it down on the desk or on the table, and she's like, "That's not what I was looking for." Anyway, so. Um, so Benny's a vampire now. Benny's a vampire, um, but you don't really see him much until later on. Um, most of the movie is Buffy trying to balance her life. It's just like the series. Trying to balance her life as a slayer and a teenage girl. Yeah, she's on the dance committee. She's trying to plan this environmental dance. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, she's a cheerleader. And she, I mean, she's also like one of the popular girls. So like, maintain, yeah, she's got a boyfriend who's like a total fucking douchebag. Yeah. Like if that boyfriend existed nowadays, like he probably would have been slapped with like sexual harassment. <laughs> he probably would have been branded like a fucking pervert and a, a chauvinist. It's just funny how much time has changed. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah. And just like. As time goes on, you know, more she trains, more she finds out about herself and her kind of legacy. Lothos is getting closer and closer to find out who she is. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, they always say there's power in a name. And like somehow having her name gives her, gives him some kind of power over her. And he doesn't know her identity. He doesn't know anything about her, just that she is the Slayer. Um, But meanwhile, like people around her are getting picked off and. Turned into vampires. Um, yeah, like the store owner from Grind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Next time you come back here, you better spend some money. Money spending's money good. Spend. It took me a while to figure out why I knew that guy. So oh, really? I was like watching this movie. I'm like, God, who is that? Yeah, grind in uh, Dazed and Confused. Yeah, um, and Halloween Four. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, it comes to a point where. Pike kind of starts to get wind of what's going on in town. Just somehow the entire city of Los Angeles is changing to vampires. Yeah, getting overrun. Um, and so he's just like, okay, I'm I'm done with this fucking town and just packs up and tries to leave. But on his way out, for some reason, he gets stopped by vampires. I don't know why they picked him out. Maybe because it's got, they got Benny before. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, there are millions of people in the greater Los Angeles area. Why they picked him, I don't know. But Buffy arrives in the nick of time to save him, and that's kind of where their paths kind of cross over, and they start making you know kissy faces at each other, even though she found him like completely reprehensible yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. It's amazing how much she grows up just by becoming a vampire slayer. Isn't that something? That is... That's something. <laughs> um, yeah. And this all kind of culminates at uh, the end of the movie uh, at the dance, uh, which a lot of these kinds of movies do. Yeah. The other movie, the other movie that we're going to talk about, same thing. Yep. Um, they're all, I feel like they're all inspired by Carrie. Yeah. That probably set the trend. Um, yeah. So, I mean... There's this big confrontation between her uh, and Lothos um, where Merrick tries to intervene and Lothos actually kills him um, with his own stake, which is just embarrassing. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, Merrick tries to tell her, it's like, you know, you, you know what to do. You, you, you know how to handle this. Um, just he kind of he's kind of. Um, uh, cryptic about it, but just basically says, you know, keep your focus and you'll know when to make your move. Um, and uh, that's when she kind of shuts down. She says, I don't want to be a slayer anymore. And she tries to resume her normal life. But at this point, her friends have basically abandoned her because she's spent so much time being a slayer. Yeah, you know, the, like I said, these just stupid airheaded teenage girls. They just don't want anything to do with this girl who's not, not really anything like them anymore. Um, and you know, against what Merrick was telling her and against what Pike tries to tell her, she's hell bent on going to the dance. So she goes out and buys herself a dress and she goes to the dance and Pike decides that he's going to suit up and go to the dance too, even though he's not a student there. Like, maybe he is. I mean, maybe he seems. And he just doesn't go. Well, I mean, he has a job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't he know. could still be enrolled in school, though. I guess. I mean, yeah, it's possible. But I'm going to say it's likely that he's probably not. Yeah. Um, and it's like... At my, yeah, you can just wander onto schools in this movie. Yeah. At my, prop, uh, at my prom, like, if you wanted to bring somebody who wasn't a student, you had to get approval. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You can just show up. Yeah. You can't just crash a school dance. Like, there's chaperones and people guarding the doors. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so he pops up. Like Principal Steven Root, another person we forgot to right, mention. Yeah. There's so many. Like, just. Was he ever young? 
don't, I don't think so. <laughs> this is the earliest movie I can remember him in. Yeah. Um, I think the next thing I ever saw him in was News Radio. Fuck, I forgot he was on News Radio. Yeah, Jimmy James. Is that his name? I think so, yeah. I love that character. He's such an asshole. Dude, News Radio was so good. R.I.P. Phil Hartman. One love. Try to replace him with John Lovitz. Get the fuck out of here. Where where did that come from? Whose idea was that? Some idiots. That's like, let's replace Michael J. Fox on Spin City with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um. Yeah, so naturally... Oh, at this point, because uh, um, the guy from Grind became a vampire, he knows who the Slayer is, um, and now they know her identity. My favorite part is, so he's playing basketball, and he's like teen wolfing it up. Yeah. And and the ref goes up to the coach and is like, coach, we can't have this. I'm like, what, vampires? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just like, he's like dunking on fools and like floating back down to the ground. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's probably cheating. <laughs> I don't really know why. It's not in the rules specifically, but it's probably cheating. But I just love the way the ref is like, we can't have this. Yeah. I'm like, he's. does he know they're vampires? Because if he does, he's being very calm about this. <laughs> and also, and if he doesn't, then what is he saying they can't have? <laughs> I also thought it was funny that the basketball coach is like this total like feel-good, friendly guy. It's like, remember that you're all people and you all have a right to the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. So, yeah, the, basically Lothos finds out who she is, and now he's like, now it's time for him to make his move, which just so happens to be the dance. <laughs> Even though Pee-wee Herman's just like, wait, no, he's like kind of Scott Eviling it. She's like, what do you, no, let's, let's go get her now. And Lothos is like, you know, he's got a flair for the dramatic, so he's like, no, I want to go to the dance. It's like, you, you're like 50. Why don't we just like shoot her when she's on the toilet? <laughs> Bang, dead, <laughs> done. Um. Yeah, so everybody, everything kind of comes together at the dance. Uh, all of the little teenage vampires come out to play. Um, I like how but somebody, I think it's Buffy, is like, they can't come in unless you invite them. And Hillary Swank's like, I already invited them. <laughs> and she just gives her like this what the fuck look. And she's like, they're seniors. <laughs> like, you idiot. Like, Hillary Swank's character completely loses her goddamn mind at the end of this movie. Oh, she totally does. It's so weird. <laughs> Also, so there's a lot of people in this movie, a lot of like recognizable faces, people you've seen in a million different movies. Uh, and who is the two-time Oscar winner? The airheaded best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one who has the Oscars. Yep. It's like watching in living color and being like, oh yeah, that, that uh, guy that plays the ugly woman. That's the guy with the Oscars. <laughs> Jim Carrey doesn't have any Oscars? No. Huh. Nobody takes him seriously. He yeah, tries, true. but nobody takes him seriously. That's true. He probably would have gotten the closest with Man on the Moon, but I don't think he got one. Hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah, so there's just kind of... She kills Pee-wee with a ruler. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like how Pike shows up with this bag full of... Like, he's planning ahead. He brings this bag full of steaks that he set... In his apartment and made by hand, painstakingly out of whatever he could find. And he brings his bag of steaks and he's like, all right, so what are we going to do? And Buffy's like, you sit the fuck down. <laughs> he's like, but those are my steaks. I brought those from home. <laughs> uh, so she goes and kicks ass and then she confronts Lothos and 
he's like, oh, you're my destiny. I'm your density. <laughs> I'm your density. <laughs> um, and uh, he's, he's playing a violin because he's a fucking creep. <laughs> um, and they have a sword fight, but she uses a flagpole. Yeah, why does he have a sword? It's not even like a like a like a um cavalry like a saber. Sword. It's it look isn't it like a katana? It's kind of like a katana, yeah. <laughs> I would have thought he'd have like more like a like a broadsword type thing. I like how she does like four backflips to get the the flagpole. I'm like you didn't need to do that. No, you could have ran. It probably <laughs> would have been faster. You would have been less disoriented too. Yeah. Um like because i don't know about you but i can't flip over and not be dizzy yeah i get a little bit dizzy <laughs> even if i do like a somersault right but i mean i don't do something that'd be really funny if somebody just, just turned into a somersault just did four somersaults <laughs> just, like, just like slow ones like, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. yeah i'm i'm in my 30s i don't do somersaults <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway uh yeah so there's this big blowout in the gym um, everybody's freaking out, and Buffy's just trying to fight Lothos, and it's kind of anticlimactic too, a little bit, because like basically she gets the upper hand on him somehow and stabs him in the chest with a flagpole. No, no, no it's just a stake. It's a stake. Oh, it's a piece of a chair, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She takes the chair, gets him to chop it, so the piece comes off. And then she grabs the piece and stabs him with yeah. it. Yeah. And then kicks it, and he goes, "Oops." <laughs> dies <laughs> yeah she like hits him in the gets him in the chest with it and he's like now i'm really pissed off but then she spin kicks it deeper yeah and that does it <laughs> like now it's really in his heart and then he says oops All right it's the best last line ever just oops i always liked it better that in the series the vampires turned into dust when he staked them mm, like blade yeah they just like exploded into into dust and in this, they just die. Yeah, There's, it's just like a person. Yeah, it's it's a lot of cleanup. It's it's much easier to sweep up some dust. Yeah, and have to move a body, and explain why the body's there. And I feel like if you stab like a vampire with a stake or something, and then they just kind of fall over dead, your brain is at first going to go, "Oh shit, is that a really vampire?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just and, kill a guy. And it was good in the series too because they turned it into dust so they could reuse their stakes. Mm, yeah, like Buffy had this go-to steak that she just used. Was, you gotta yank it out in the movie. Yeah, or you know maybe unless it's like uh, like Bordello of Blood where you have to leave it in there. Mm, yeah, or else they come back. Right. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes they do. And then sometimes they come back again. Again. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, you know. Uh, everything's done and uh, her and Pike make out and then they literally ride off into the sunset or sun sunrise, I guess, on his on his motorbike. His motor 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 bicycle. His motor hog. <laughs> uh and then that's the movie. Yep. Cue credits. Da, 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 da. That's the that's what they play during the credits. <laughs> anyway, so what do you think? It's funny. A horror movie, it's not. It's really not. Like it's got vampires, and that's about the extent of the horror. Yeah, it's not scary. It's not, you know, tense, it's not thrilling. But it is funny. 
Um, it is entertaining. I know a lot of people shit on this movie, but I don't understand why. I think it's because they're trying to like say, oh, well, it's not a horror movie. And it doesn't claim to be. No, it really, well, I mean, it, like the Wikipedia page calls it a horror comedy. Well, yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> and I got to imagine that's maybe how it was marketed as a horror comedy. Like I said, but the horror is minimal, like as minimal as you can get. Um, and uh, they, um, you know, this like the series was much where it had its comic relief for sure. The series was much more serious than, than uh, the movie, which is what Joss Whedon intended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not a great movie. Um, I mean, the the acting's fine, I guess, but it's not particularly compelling. It's but a little schlocky, like it's, it it's really a little is. over the top, especially Luke Perry. Yeah, um, but it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's a it's it's fun to watch, especially when you don't have any like preconceived expectation expectations. Um, See, I would say like a lot of people are comparing it to the TV show, and that's why they don't like it because they're expecting something serious, something darker. But like even when it came out, people shit on it. Yeah, yeah, it was not critically acclaimed, but most movies like this aren't. Well, no, I don't think this is something that they, you know, are shooting for Oscars or anything. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what you're making when you make exactly, especially when you cast fucking Mister Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah. <laughs> and Pee Wee Herman, right? And former WCW champion David Arquette, right? Who I this may have been like one of his earlier roles. I mean, he's he's. He's an Arquette, so like his family's got a legacy behind it. But um, this may have been like kind of one of the starts for him. I mean, he looks real young. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's got to be like early twenties. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it. it I enjoy it. Yeah, like I I've been watching this since I was a kid. I don't watch it all that often. It's not like something I I watch once a year or anything like that. No but, time for my yearly Buffy watch. Exactly. <laughs> um. But, you know, every time, like, if I... We went to uh, Camp Out Cinema for this. That's right, yeah. Uh, we almost did it for Week of the Vampire last year. But I considered doing it this year. But uh, since we... I, I needed a, a female-directed movie, and we've already done so many on the show that there were a lot of... Like, the options were severely limited. Mm -hmm. So I just I just picked this one. I'll come up with something else for Week of the Vampire. Fair enough. Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. Um, like Littlest Vampire with Jonathan Lipnicki. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> no. Um, and yeah, like I think, like now that I'm older, I was what seven when this came out. Um, I now that I'm older, I I understand and appreciate the jokes more. Yeah, which you know, w w when I was a kid, I liked it because there were vampires. Now that I'm an adult. Yeah, it's it's vampire, sure, but now the jokes are actually funny. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, I don't know. I'm trying to decide between a six and a seven. Hmm. I mean, like I said, if you're going into this expecting some kind of like action-packed vampire movie, you're probably going to be disappointed because that's not what this movie is. Yeah. It's a comedy movie about this vapid. LA teenage girl who has to learn to become a vampire slayer. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's not, like I said, it's not a horror movie. It's not tons of vampire action, but, or gore. There's no gore. There's no gore. Yeah. I don't like, there's a, like a little bit of blood. Very, little. very little. Like you blink and you'll miss it. 
But, you know, as a comedy and as a movie overall, yes, the the acting's over the top. The comedy is a little schlocky at times, but that's what it is. That's what it wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, I think I'll give it a six because fuck Christy Swanson. (laughs) That's that's a very fair point. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was leaning towards seven, but that's that's a very valid point. (laughs) Because fuck her. Yeah. Especially because, you know, I I am more disappointed in female Trump supporters. Like males, yeah, they're idiots. I mean, you expect that of us. You expect us to be assholes. I mean, I feel like when we're not assholes, we're kind of ahead of the game. <laughs> we're we're uh, surpassing expectations. I have different expectations of women to you know kind of res- have respect for themselves and other women and women's rights and you know the right for um, you know right the right to choose what they do with their bodies and that kind of thing. And I feel like female Trump supporters don't, which is just baffling to me it's weird yeah um so yeah fuck her (laughs) all right yeah six then (laughs) anyway so it'd be like a black klansman and not like the movie but like a real one i watched that have you seen it no it's not bad it's what i've heard it made a million dollars (laughs) (laughs) all right so moving on uh we have a movie that's written and directed by women Written by Diablo Cody, the writer of Juno, and directed by Karen Kusama, it's Jennifer's Body. something cute okay you always do what jennifer tells you to do it's just that i like the same things that she likes hey jennifer you look really pretty why don't you just come by my place well this is random this isn't really your house is it we can play mommy and daddy no way (laughs) we always share your bed when we have slumber parties Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Hi, Chip. You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. I'm scared. I thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to, okay? You can barely finish gym class. That's Jennifer's Body from 2009. Uh, we start out in a mental, um, it's not like a mental health facility, it's a mental, it's a prison for mentally, not challenged, unstable people. Uh, yes, yeah, a psych ward, or not a psych ward, it's, it's a, it's, it's a prison. It's a psych, but it's psych, a, psych, it's a psych ward in a prison. Okay. <laughs> and we're introduced to Needy Lesnicki, 
Uh, Anita is apparently a nickname for Anita. I don't know that they ever say that. They never say that. But she's uh, she's a kicker. She's very what kicker? Yeah, that's what they say in the movie. She says that in her file it says she's a kicker because she likes to kick people. Oh, okay. <laughs> I must have missed that. And she's yeah, she's always getting in fights and doing stuff, and so she, they throw her in solitary. And while she's in solitary, she starts flashing back, and that's most of our movie takes place in this flashback. Needy's played by Amanda, Amanda Seyfried. Who well, I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get the appeal with her. As far as attraction or Yeah. People think that she's just like gorgeous and she's got this look about her. I don't get it. I find her attractive. She's I cute, I guess. It's just drop dead gorgeous or anything. Like Same thing with Megan Fox. I don't get that. I don't get Megan Fox particularly. Like she's got a very kind of classic beauty about her, but it's not oh. I mean she could get it, I guess. <laughs> You That's... gotta get through Brian Austin Green first, man. Oh shit. <laughs> Speaking of 90210. <laughs> but so yeah, we flash back to high school. Needy is best friends. Isn't he like twice her age? I think so, yeah. That's gross. Uh Needy is kind of a nerd. She's very plain. Uh she wears glasses and has kind of frizzy hair, you know. But her best friend is Jennifer. She wears glasses. <laughs> what a nerd. Glasses and overalls in a ponytail. <laughs> Not another teen movie. Oh. I've only seen that once. Really? Yeah. But her best friend is Jennifer, who is Miss Popular. She's the queen of the school. Every guy wants to do her. Every girl wants to be her. You know the type. I, I do. I know the type. Yeah. Um, that's Megan Fox. And but they're they've been best friends since they were little babies in the sandbox, and so they're still to this day best friends, even though they are an odd couple. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of shows you pretty early on that it's not necessarily a one way friendship, but that uh, Jennifer really abuses it. Mm -hmm. She takes advantage of Needy. Yeah, and Needy just kind of plays up to it because I don't know whether it's. So much that she wants to like protect Jennifer, or uh, if she just doesn't know any better. But yeah, I think it's just kind of the the bond. You know, it's her wanting to take care of her friend and protect her friend, and her friend taking advantage. Yeah. But so one night they go to this concert at the what was the name of the place? Melody Lane, which they kept calling it a, a club. But it's really more of just a bar with a stage. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird that there was a bunch of teenage kids in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is very much just a working bar. And it's not like there's like a sectioned off yeah. there's like, area. There's like, it's just the shitty backwoods town. I mean, it's 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 an Enum Devil's Claw. kettle. It's an Enum Claw of sorts. Yeah. And, you know, Jennifer's like the popular girl in the shitty little no-name town. Right. So... Yeah, they're going to see this band called Low Shoulder, who's super cool because they're from the city. Right. While they're there, they run into uh, Officer Burt Macklin. <laughs> yes. He's like sitting there talking about going to police academy. And all I can think of is just like, Macklin, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, he should be in police academy. The remake. Tackleberry? Yes. <laughs> 
Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs> this is coming together. <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. That threw me way <laughs> off track. No. no, no. All I can think about is Please Academy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're there to, to see Adam Brody's band. And <laughs> it's so funny seeing him in this because he's just like this arrogant fucker. Such an asshole in this. And it's in thinking of him like, I never watched the OC, so I know him from Grind. And uh, he's he was such a neurotic dork in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like polar opposites. But in this, he's like Mr. Cool lead singer. Right. That uh, Jennifer wants to bang. It's so funny because, you know, we were teenagers, you know, early 20s. Nah, not when this movie came out, but around that time. It's like, how many people did you know exactly like Adam Brody? Oh, yeah. Enough. Yeah. It's like, fuck. It's like, oh, I'm the singer in the band. You know my band. You've heard of us. It's like, no. I don't know your fucking band. Yeah. Also, I don't have a pussy, so I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your fucking band. <laughs> um, but the, the club burns down it's pretty mysteriously. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem like it was like an electrical. I mean, it was something electrical happened, but it didn't seem like it was from the band or anything. It was just all of a sudden there was just a fire. Yeah. If they did something, it was beyond me. Like, yeah. I don't know if it maybe started from one of their amps or something. Um, but yeah, it just, it just lit something on the wall on fire and the whole place went up. Yeah. And so they didn't say how many people total died, but it was eight students ended up dying in this fire. But luckily, Needy and Jennifer are able to escape. But Jennifer is in shock. <clears throat> Luckily, Adam Brody is there. <laughs> I love that, like, it's so fucking funny that, like, they're outside. They're, like, panicked and distressed from what just happened. Because they had to, like, scurry their way to the bathroom and crawl out the door. Because everybody was in a, in a panic. Like, yeah. The whole place was going up in flames. And they come out the bathroom window, and they're just, like, holding each other and crying. <laughs> Adam Brody walks up holding his glass of scotch. He's like super chill. Yeah, he's like, oh man, I was looking all over for you guys. I was super worried. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, oh, this one's in shock. Good. <laughs> and then hands her the scotch. He's like, here, drink this. And it's like, let's go to my van. And she's like, I want to go to the super cool van. <laughs> and Needy's like, no, we have the Sebring. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really emotionally distressed right now. I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. I just need a safe place. And I think that safe place is my van. <laughs> and yeah, Needy's like, we have the Sebring. Let's just go home. That's right. She comes to pick her up. Jennifer's like, oh, I got my mom's 2000 or 2009 Chrysler Sebring. And it's all mine. Yeah, she's like, guess who's got the whip until 1130. <laughs> Oh, tight, son. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jennifer goes off with the band. Needy goes home. She's talking to young Neil, her boyfriend on the phone. That's why I recognized <laughs> him. Like, I know I've seen this kid in something else. She just came home while I was watching it. And immediately she goes, oh, it's young Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. And uh, she's talking to him. And all of a sudden there's a knock at the door. And it's Jennifer covered in blood doesn't say a word just goes into her kitchen starts eating a rotisserie chicken off the floor mm -hmm. that's floor food that's gross that's floor spice i mean we've all <laughs> we've all been drunk and eaten stuff directly out of the fridge i don't think she was drunk though but you know the you know how it is and you just eat a rotisserie chicken with your bare hands off the floor like an animal I mean, 
Not off the floor, but I've definitely picked apart a rotisserie chicken with my hands. I've done that sober. <laughs> it's so good. I love how she's picking it apart. Uh, Needy's just like, my mom bought that for Boston, Boston Market. Market. And that's our dinner. So, Yeah, and the dinner goes, <laughs> and that's not a red flag. No. He's like, okay, just calm down. All right, eat your chicken. <laughs> But then she just throws up black CGI all over the place. <laughs> and it starts looking like a topographical map of Utah. Right. It starts getting all like prickly for some reason. It's science. I don't know. <laughs> it's got that devil juice. And then Jennifer like slams Needy against the wall and is like, are you scared? And Needy's like, I'm so scared. <laughs> and Jennifer's like, good. Bye. Bye, bitch. I was like, what? <laughs> what just happened? They're like, bye, skank. See you, skank. <laughs> bye, slut. <laughs> and then the next day at school, Jennifer's just like not, she's acting like everything's cool. Yeah. And uh, Professor J.K. Simmons in his one hand. <laughs> For some reason. And his weird buster hook. And his stupid perm. <laughs> and his weird accent. Did he have a weird accent? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Well, he had a weird voice anyways. Oh, well. And he's talking about like, you know, eight eight students died in this fire, but luckily we have this band who their song Through the Trees is going to be our guiding whatever bullshit. Yeah. And Needy's just like, that band is fucking assholes. (laughs) Yeah, it's Low Shoulder, by the way. Oh, yeah, Low Shoulder. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid fucking name. So dumb. (laughs) Um... That's that. That was seriously like in the early to mid two thousands. That's how bands seriously picked their name. They found fucking traffic signs and just named their bands that. Do you have an example? Huh? Do you have an example? Uh, Slater Kinney. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't they from around there though? I don't know. I just I, why you gotta put me on the spot, bro? <laughs> hey, if you're gonna throw it out there, you gotta be ready. I'm never ready. <laughs> Who do you think I am? Some kind of, some kind of ready guy. <laughs> but so as time goes by, uh, Jennifer starts to look very kind of pale. She starts getting bags under her eyes. She, she gets as needy calls it ugly for her. <laughs> but then she gets asked out by the kid from the terrible Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, who's now goth. He's got a lip ring. Yeah. You know how goth kids are. <laughs> They're with their rings and their chains. And their punks rocks. <laughs> and their black hair dye. But he's like, you know, hey, you want to go see Rocky Horror with me? And she's like, I don't like boxing movies. He's just, he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> but then somehow, like for some reason, she finds out Needy thinks he's nice. And so she's like, oh, well, okay. Then I'll go out with him. Yeah. And she's like, Which well, is pretty representative of a lot of teenage girls. <laughs> it's like, oh, my friend likes that boy. Well, I'm going to go fuck him then. Yeah. She's like, why don't you come to my place and we'll watch a movie or whatever. And so he goes to her house and it turns out it's this abandoned house and she eats his guts out. Yep. Uh, at the same time, young Neil and Needy are fucking. And was it their first time? That's the impression I got, yeah. See, that's the impression I got, that's too, but at school, that I get. he was like, I bought more condoms. Well, you know, when you 
you think you're going to have a big night, so you buy a box of condoms, and then, like, you don't have sex for a year, and then you got to buy more condoms. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> I did that once. The best part of this is that, like, okay, so she, while they're fucking, she sees the guy. Oh, Jennifer killed another guy earlier, the football guy in the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Needy sees him as well as Jennifer, like, sitting in the corner. She gets this vision. Because there's some kind of psychic bond that's never explained. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just there. <laughs> and she like freaks out, and Young Neil is like, "Am I hurting you, <laughs> Janet? Am I too big?" <laughs> he gets this stupid smile on his face, like he's trying not to smile. It's so good. He's just like, "Am I too big?" It's like, no, Young Neil. <laughs> it's like you're never too big, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Unless you're like a porn star, you're not too big. Or like a horse. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jennifer, then she, she uh, Needy sees her. She's driving. She's driving along. She's driving along. <laughs> Boom! Jennifer's in the middle of the road, covered in blood. So she almost crashes her mom's key. By the way, her mom is Amy Sedaris. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Like, why not? I think she's probably fresh off Strangers with Candy. Yeah, this is like her most serious role ever. <laughs> Do you, you watch Kimmy Schmidt, right? Yeah. Oh my God, her character on that, that is, is so funny. Like <laughs> fucking unbelievable. <laughs> but so Jennifer explains that, you know, since the night of the fire, there's something going on inside her and she just has to eat boys. And she's like, when I don't, I, do, I feel weak and I feel tired. But when I do, I'm virile and I'm unkillable. And uh, then they start making out. That was cool. That was all right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they made out before that. But Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't really have a particular attraction to either of them, but I'm a warm blooded But together, man. <laughs> I'm a, by I'm, their powers combined, I'm a warm-blooded man. I have feelings. <laughs> and my feelings love to watch women make out with each other. <laughs> this is so bad for a women in horror episode. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. At least you acknowledge it. <laughs> um, but so yeah, Jennifer decides she's going to go after young Neil. What is it? Chip, right? I think Chip is his name. Um, yep. Oh, I guess flashback a little bit, but Johnny's. It's young Neil. Yeah, I'm just wondering if maybe he's J.K. Simmons' son. Oh, yeah, I was wondering that too. Good. Wait, he also played a guy named Young Eric. <laughs> he just always plays people named Young something. <laughs> young Danny Colt. <laughs> young Eric. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, so Needy does all this research. She goes to the occult section of the library and she learns that. Oh, I guess, okay. Hang on. Rewind again. <laughs> When Jennifer, but before, when Jennifer's explaining what happened the night of, so the band wanted to sacrifice her so that they could get famous. Right. They thought she was a virgin, but according to her, she's not even a backdoor virgin. Yeah, and she she did it in the butt, and uh, she let she let uh, Burt Macklin fuck her in the ass, and then she couldn't shit right for a week. <laughs> and she had to. Yeah. Ice. Oh yeah. <laughs> And she had to ice her ass on a bag of peas. Yep. <laughs> but so they uh, they pull out this big 
Bowie knife. Big fist. <laughs> they pull out a big Bowie knife. Big rubber fist. <laughs> like, uh, one of the guys in the band is like, Bowie, nice. <laughs> and they're like, wait, I just realized something. Jenny, don't change your name. <laughs> and they start singing eight uh, eight six seven five three zero nine as they're stabbing her to death. Right, yeah. And the 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 dumbest part about these guys is they're just fucking hot topic assholes. Oh yeah, they're not like they're not. They look like they're goth, but they're not. They're just fucking. They just wear eyeliner. Douchebags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like AFI. <laughs> yeah, but like when AFI got shitty, that's kind of what they're like. Right, like post Devil Lock AFI. Yeah. Then they throw her body into Devil's Kettle, which is this big waterfall into a hole that seems to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. But apparently, according to this book that Needy's reading, if you try to sacrifice a virgin in this ritual and they're not actually a virgin, they get, uh, what do they call it, demonic? Possession? No, it wasn't possession. It was demonic something. Demonic re repossession? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, the demon is now inhabiting Jennifer's body. Oh, I said it. Yep, I got it. <laughs> demonic transference. Okay, yeah, it doesn't say, but... That's what it is. It's demonic transference. Okay. Yep. Yeah. A demonic. Sh- Although the sacrifice and demonic exchange were ex- success, Jennifer was not actually a virgin, so she became permanently possessed. Yeah, so now she's this succubus. And so Nidhi says, we, you know, we can't go to the dance because the dance is going to be an all-you-can-eat buffet for Jennifer. Mm-hmm. So once again, like you said, all culminating at the dance. But Chip's like, nah, we're going to the dance. He's like, I'm, he's like okay, you go to the dance, and I'll go to the dance. But we won't go together. <laughs> we'll meet up later. Yeah. <laughs> so on his way, Jennifer stops Chip and says, you know, hey, I've, I've always thought that you're, you're cute. And Needy is fucking that goth guy that I ate. <laughs> but he doesn't know that. Well, yeah. She leaves she leaves that part out. Yeah. And Chip's like, no. And so they start making out. <laughs> and she's like, hey, we should go to that old abandoned pool. She's like, okay. <laughs> and so while Needy's at the dance, she gets the psychic vision again through her lips. And so she takes no, off. No explanation for that. No. Like at all. No, there. It seems like later there's like some kind of connection between these necklaces, these BFF necklaces they wear. Like they each have like these heart lockets that say BFF on them. Yeah, or Biffs. Right, but it's like they're, they're not like magical lockets or anything. They're yeah, just these fucking cheap shit they probably bought at Claire's. Right. But <laughs> so needy tracks them down. She hears Chip yelling from like 400 yards away. I was like, he's really loud. <laughs> Young Neil's got pipes. But so they, uh, her and Jennifer get in a big fight in a pool of dirty, gross water. Yeah, it's got like plants and shit growing in it. It's not clean. No. <laughs> uh, Young Neil runs Jennifer through with a pool cleaner, like a skimmer. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of they just kind of go their separate ways. Chip dies. Yep. Did you mention that Je- Jennifer was eating him? Yeah. Yeah. She was eating his his neck. She was necking. Uh like it was like kissing, but she was actually eating his neck. Yeah. You guys can't see Tony's face, but it's, it's really, stupid. It's really stupid. <laughs> I've got a dumb grin on my face. 
But so then all of a sudden we go to Jennifer sitting in her room and Needy breaks in through the window and stabs her with a box cutter. Yep. And that's why Needy goes to the prison. But why is she dead? I don't know. She tried to kill her. Like she, like they ran her through once. Yeah. Why is she now dead? And like, it wasn't like a stake. But see, this is like talking about the necklaces. Like, she goes like she said, oh, because she ripped off the necklace. Yeah, like so she goes to Jennifer's house. She attacks her on the bed. Jennifer starts levitating both of them, and then Needy grabs Jennifer's necklace and rips it off. And then that's when Jennifer, Jennifer falls. falls to the bed, and then she stabs her. In and the Needy heart. falls a second later, which means Needy was flying at one point. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, then she stabs Jennifer in the heart. She's like, you know what this is for? cutting boxes it's like oh, oh get it like cunts <laughs> um yeah and then her mom's comes in and goes oh my god i hate it when the mom walks in <laughs> but so then needy goes to the the prison go back to current day and she says you know what what even most demonologists don't know is that when you're bitten by a demon, you get some of their powers. And you see that she's got this scar on her shoulder, and then you see that she's levitating. Right. And that's it. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Return to Jennifer's body. It's not a thing. Did, I mean, did you miss the... The what? The prologue or the epilogue? Maybe. What happened? <laughs> Remind me. Yeah, so Needy breaks out of prison... And she, um, she's walking down the street and she's, she's, come. Oh, right. Okay. She's, do you want to do it or, um, well, she sees, she's returning to De- devil's kettle. <clears throat> yeah. And she sees where the water is coming from, from where the, where devil's kettle leads to. Yeah. And what does she pick up? The oh, knife. The, the knife, the Bowie knife. And, uh, so she hitchhikes and Lance fucking Hendrickson picks her up. Right. For some reason. Yeah. She's like, hey, Lance, are you doing anything this weekend? <laughs> no, I'm free. And that, was, so, that was my Lance Hendrickson. Wasn't great. He's He's got a thing about his voice. He's got a thing about him. Is that a, is that a thing? Or are you just making shit up? She's got a way about her. That was what I was going for. But I gender swapped it. I, I got it. Like the Frog Brothers. You hear about that? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Anyways. I'm not going to even start. (laughs) Lance Hendrickson's like, where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm going to Devil's Kettle. I'm following this band. She says, I'm following this band. Tonight's going to be their last show. And then he takes off and it shows the sign and it says, low shoulder. Right. (laughs) And then the credits start to run. And then through a series of uh, handy cam videos and crime scene pictures, we see that uh, Needy has found the band in their hotel and slaughtered all murdered them (laughs) so and then she walks off and i don't know never to be heard from again i guess or just went back to prison (laughs) (laughs) okay okay guys i'm back i finished what i had to do anyway yep so um it's another movie they got like totally shit on when it first came out I didn't really like it when it came. I mean, so I've seen this movie three times now. 
once when it came out, once several years ago, um, and then this morning. Uh, I remember not liking it. Watching it this morning, I wasn't really sure why I didn't like it. I mean, I'm still not a huge fan of it, uh, and I don't like Megan Fox. She just irks me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that had a lot to do with it. Uh, but, I mean, it's not as bad as I kind of had it in my head. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I like, like I said, it got really real shit on it. I know it's kind of coming around for a lot of people. It's kind of starting to develop this cult following. I still don't think it's great, but it, I don't think it deserved the chastisation that it got. No. Um, Cheese called it the Mean Girls of Horror. That's kind of what I had in my head. It's yeah, pr- that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is, like, there's two kinds of horror comedy. There's the kind of horror comedy that comes at the expense of horror, like something like a Return of the Living Dead or Zombieland, where you're like laughing at the zombies and, you know, they're supposed to be your antagonists and they're supposed to be what's causing fear, but you're laughing at them. Or there's like a Shaun of the Dead, where the humor is independent of the horror. Mm-hmm. This kind of tried to mash them together, where you would have these horror scenes and then they would just throw in a joke randomly. Yeah. And I'm like, you're killing the moment. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it depended on <clears throat> like the humor of teenage girls. I've just never thought teenage girls were funny. Yeah, sure. Because, like, even when I was a teenager, teenage girls bothered me. <laughs> um, especially ones like this, like like Jennifer. Yeah, she just just irritated the shit out of me, um, and had such low tolerance for them. And I still do, and I think it's probably gotten worse as I've, got, as I've gotten older because I have even less patience. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like the theme of the movie is not for me. Like I'm, I can't even say I'm not the target audience because I probably am. It's just, I just didn't really care for it. Um, but it's not as bad as I remember it being. You, you are not a Juno fan, right? No. See, I like Juno, but I think that Diablo Cody tried to basically make like the same kind of feel as Juno, but with horror. And it's like, it, it doesn't work. You yeah. know, those two things don't blend together. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that perspective. Sure. Because like I said, there were just, there would be these very tense moments with like, you know, where Jennifer's eating somebody or they're fighting or something. And then there would just be these little quips. And I'm like, that this is not the moment for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's... I don't know. Yeah, just poorly timed jokes and just jokes that weren't even really that funny. Yeah, that was the other thing. It's like, if you're going to make a horror comedy, if you're going to like deconstruct a horror movie by making it funny, then make it funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't make bad jokes that are just dumb. Like, you know, like, uh, like a lot of the things that Jennifer said that just kind of made her appear vapid and self-centered. Like, they're intended as jokes, but these weren't funny. They didn't land. And like she gets when when young Neil runs her through with the pool skimmer, and she's like, "Do you have a tampon?" Yeah, I'm like <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, I thought you would because I, th- I thought I thought you were plug plugging or something." Yeah. yeah, like that's dumb. Yeah, 
anyway. Or the like for cutting boxes line. Yeah. That was a little harsh too. Yeah. It's like you probably couldn't write that kind of line now. I mean, you could. It just wouldn't go over well. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think women like it when you call them boxes. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, this movie's not. It's not awful. Some of the CGI is pretty bad. But it's 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 not great. But it's not awful. I, I in my opinion, I think it's you know it's not worth at the as much bad mouthing as it got. Yeah, but it's worth some, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, looking back on it, I don't I don't really know why I didn't like it as much as I did. I'm at a point now where like, <clears throat> like I probably still wouldn't like say, hey, I'm gonna watch Jennifer's body now by myself for whatever reason yeah but it's like if i was in a situation where somebody put it on just like i it's like all right well i can sit and watch this so i yeah. guess i guess that's an improvement sure <laughs> and i mean you know it's, it's a well-directed movie it's a good looking movie yeah i mean the look yeah look fine the gore is it's you know it's minimal there's a couple scenes of you know like disemboweled people mm-hmm. mostly but it looks good but you don't really get to see a lot of the kills you don't get to see her ripping people open and right. that kind of stuff. I think the best part of the movie was Adam Brody just because he was such a douchebag. <laughs> like he he was probably the funniest part of the movie and he was barely in it. So yeah. anyway. Uh but are you ready to Yeah, go? I mean I was tempted to give this a six, but now looking at if I gave Buffy a six, I I definitely didn't enjoy this as much as Buffy, so I'm gonna give it a five. Mm, I think I'm going to do a four. There's just a lot of missed cues in this. Like simple things that would have made it better. Yeah. It's just It's like, why didn't you do that? Yeah. So, so that's it. That is going to do it. Did I ever pick a movie for the next episode? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um. Okay, so we're going to be back in a couple of weeks, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed our salute. Two women in horror. Um, I think we debated whether or not we were going to do Women in Horror Month or Black History Month. I think probably next year we'll do Black History. Um, you know, we're constantly changing. We're an evolving show. Yeah. Um, so uh, next, or no, sorry, next episode we're going to be back with two uh, new reviews and a slew of horror business. Taylor, what are we going to be reviewing? Well, it's going to be our annual St. Patty's Day episode all right so we're gonna be talking about some irish horror we're gonna be talking about uh let us pray and the canal the canal yep (laughs) the canal right so look out for that guys um be sure to i don't know wear your green that's right you get pinches (laughs) pinches little pinches (laughs) god damn it (laughs) all right so uh, we'll catch you again next time, guys. Taylor, until then, where can they find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Send us an email. Let us know you did. We will send you a free magnet. Also follow us on Facebook and Instagram as graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot. And if you feel like getting some exclusive content in exchange for a little bit of money, head on over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for as little as $1.00. You can get things like video reviews 
of movies that you pick every month. Yes, sir. So look out for that, guys, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Till next time, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. Cause I've heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor. No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I am wise But it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I paid the price But look how much I gained If I have to, I can do anything I am strong It only serves to make me 